0: We should do, Jordan. You should say, or we should say, court is in session.
1: (laughs) You have no idea. When this came in the mail and I opened it, I was like, what in the world is this? And then I saw the label that said gavel. I did a lap around the house. I was like, I feel so cool just (laughs) owning this.
0: You were probably like, oh. What did I order? <laughs> I,
1: did. <laughs> I ordered so much crap online. I was like, which one is this? When I read gavel, right? Couldn't be more excited. For all the listeners, the gavel is a real part because we are the queens of the court, yes, the basketball court, but also we have some opinions and court is in session. We're we're doing a double meaning on court cuz we can. <laughs> Because it's our show, and we can do whatever we want to do. (laughs) We can do whatever we want, and that's what we're doing. So we have props, and I'm a big fan of props, but court is in session. There we go. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey
0: original podcast produced in partnership with the WNBA. I'm
1: Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. We have... So much to discuss today in our first show, which, first of all, thank you for everyone who listens. Thank you for everyone who retweeted, commented, shared. It has been so much fun to do. So this is our second episode, and we talked about the WNBA draft for about an hour because we were in New York, and we had a lot to discuss, but still, we didn't even get to everything. Like... It's so crazy to think about. And believe it or not, there's still
0: way more to talk about or to say about the incoming class of the WNBA rookies.
1: Yes. So we're going to get to that a little bit later because, like we said, we still have other teams that we want to talk about. We talked a lot about Atlanta and Indiana last time. But Cheryl and I were talking about the w- the first WNBA Draft, which is in air quotes, draft in 1997. And I realized that there is a misconception around the draft. I think a lot of people think it's like a normal draft, and there was a first pick, second pick, third pick, but it was kind of two separate drafts, like an elite draft, then a college draft. So you were part of the elite draft. Just overall, like, what was that like? Because it was very different than a, the draft we witnessed in New York. Listen, Jordan, so
0: I had to go write notes. because <laughs> yes, I love this. <laughs> I had to write notes, first of all, because you're taking me way back, right? Mm-hmm. You, we're going back to 1997 when it all started.
1: The first two Houston selections
0: are Cheryl Swoops, a 1996 Olympic gold medalist,
1: and Cynthia Cooper, a two-time Olympian. Joining us now, Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl, your thoughts about playing in the WNBA and in Houston?
0: Um, first of all, just having an opportunity to play professional basketball in this country um, with the help and support of the WNBA is very exciting for all of us. And uh, the fact that I, the fact that I'll have a chance to play in Houston, I'm very excited about that, having an opportunity to play in my home state. and. Um, I consider, I might be a little biased, but I consider the fans in Texas to be some of the best anywhere. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to of having an opportunity to play in the Summit. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, first of all, I am wearing a little lime green today. Turns out it's in homage to to the, to the lime linen. <laughs> I mean, was that it was linen? a... I don't know. I was just, I was just saying the matching tank top, the black slacks, the everything ready for the moment. You looked adorable, (laughs) just ready to take on the league by storm. I didn't realize how
0: many times I said opportunity. I'm just excited for this opportunity. I'm looking forward to this opportunity. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Do you know how many people, and especially players have probably never seen that video.
1: Never seen. They, I think we're we're telling them, I, I think that's all wow. a history lesson. You are a part of history. But here, here's the interesting thing.
0: So yes, there was an elite draft. Then there was the college draft. But so I guess I was a part of the elite draft, but I was a part of the allocation, mm-hmm. right? So there was... All right. So 1997, when the league first started, it was only eight teams. Mm -hmm. It was. So, of course, you had your Eastern Conference and Western Conference. And Houston was a part of the Eastern Conference back then. Right. But so there were 16 players that were allocated to those eight teams. And so I was the first player that was allocated to Houston. And so I think what the league tried to do was place players in cities that they kind of sort of had either a connection or a following. So the league placed me in Houston and then the coaches. So like coach Chancellor then came in and said, all right, so for that second player that we're allocating, I want Cynthia Cooper.
1: Mm, Okay. So you were that first person and then they're basically, we're going to build our team around this first person and who fits well with this person that we're kind of saying is our franchise player basically
0: yeah you know and and it's crazy when you when you yes that's the way it was but it's Mm -hmm. crazy when you think about it because like like a player like who who had been playing pretty much her entire professional career over in europe so a lot of people had no idea the type of player she was right. Played at USC. Right. So people knew the name, but from a professional standpoint, they had never really seen her play because she was playing overseas. Mm-hmm. But coach Chancellor, obviously doing his homework and, you know, knowing who Coop is and paying attention to overseas was like, well, so he called her Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> We're taking Cooper. You know, I told someone the other day when we, I was thinking about this and I said, you know, coach tisler was like he was just a genius like he was a Mm -hmm. genius um Mm -hmm. not for not not for having me he was just a genius for being able to put together a team that not very many people really knew the players a Janeth arcane from brazil
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: i knew who she was because i played against her in the olympics but he i don't know just the 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 brain and the mindset that he had to draft the players or to to take the players
1: that he took, pretty good. Pretty, it just seems like it was putting together a puzzle because this is a new league in 1997. Yeah. I'm curious of when you look on that stage because you had your your had your outfit, your hair was laid, you were getting <laughs> drafted. You got you got Joe. It was a great fit. The lime green was lime greening. Um, but I'm just curious. And you couldn't everybody... tell me anything. Oh, I know it. I know it. <laughs> I know funny. it. When oh everyone was hilarious. on the stage and this is a new league, what was what was the feeling? Like it's 97. You guys are coming off the Olympics and all of the excitement around women's basketball. What was the feeling around the WNBA? Um,
0: I, I think even, even in that moment, it was so surreal. Like, is this really happening? And even for me, I didn't, I didn't believe it until I saw the first game, right? The first game between the Sparks and the Liberty, the jump ball. And that's when I finally said, this is really happening. So even talking about it and getting allocated or getting drafted there was still a part of me that was like, what, like, what are we really doing? Like, mm-hmm. are we really getting ready to have a professional league here? Like still chills to this day to think about where it started. And now, mind you, I was actually in the hospital bed having my son when that first, well, I just had him, but I was in the hospital bed watching the tip off between the Sparks and the Liberty. Wow. Wow
1: crazy like, <laughs> that's crazy, crazy to think about yeah oh my crazy. goodness so when it's like bananas The just wow so I'm trying to go go back even when you're at the draft what were some of the differences between that draft and the draft that we just witnessed or the drafts of recent past years Oh, and gosh. also was the college draft, like, was that that same day or was that no. a little later? Okay. The college draft was later. Okay. Um, God, there's so many things. Where do I start? Since
0: you said my hair was laid, we'll start there. How about that? Um, <laughs> hairstyles, very different <laughs> back then than they are today. Um, outfits, like, seriously. Yes. I, I thought I was like, I t- nobody could tell me anything in my little lime green ugly jacket because now that I look at it, it was so ugly. <laughs> but back then I was like, you got to come correct. So I thought I was coming correct with the hair and the outfit. Anyway, so those are two things that are totally different. Mm-hmm. And just just the way, okay, so I didn't experience the draft per se like these players did right so i wasn't sitting at a table with my coaches my my mom right my friends i wasn't sitting at a table waiting on them to call my name because i had already been allocated so it was like Cheryl you're going to Houston point blank period whether right. I wanted to do or not that's what it was mm-hmm. um so I didn't I didn't get to experience that side of it. And to be very honest with you, I am very grateful for every opportunity I had. But as a professional, well, as a collegiate athlete who's getting ready to go pro, that's a part of your journey. You know, like that's what you you live for that moment Mm. to sit there and not knowing when your name's going to get called. Feeling like, yeah, I'm going to get called. But when like, where am I going to go? So I, I actually miss that part of becoming a profession, professional athlete. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we can we can reenact it with the first <laughs> pick, the Houston okay. Comets select, Cheryl Swoops <gasps> from Texas Tech. Oh my god!
0: Oh my god! Oh yeah!
1: Jordan, you're funny. I I think everyone deserves that moment and like you said it's it's a part of the dream and I I did want to say because we've talked about when we were at the final four that all of these players who decided to to stay in college and you know take their COVID year is wonderful but somehow in that conversation the W excuse me the W took an L in that conversation Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. as WNBA fans it was really surprising of why that happened but when you're at the draft and you are seeing the tears and the hugs and the kids their dreams are coming true it's a reminder that the WNBA is still the dream it is still the goal it is what, as a little girl, and as you're in college, what you're working for, and I no think the doubt, right? The draft is just that reminder of like, yes, this is this all my hard work is paying off. Everything that I've went through, and I'm sure it was the same for you.
0: Listen, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've seen the tweets and the posts, and and just hearing people talk about it, right? Like. How many players are saying no? I'm not. I'm not entering the WNBA. First of all, you can't enter the WNBA early. So let's right, right? Like let's let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. So even if you wanted to, you can't. Okay. Um, I think it's you have to be 20. I'll get this Two. wrong. 22, 20, 22. Right. Yep. To to enter the WNBA. But here's my thing. I am all for. Players, whether that's in college now with the NIL deals, um, whether that's in the pros, overseas, wherever you are, I am all for you getting your bag right, mm-hmm. like I get it. But at the same time, you can talk about your NIL deals and and the amount of money you're making and all of that stuff. You can do that and be happy about that and proud of that without dissing the W. Right. Like it's no secret. Everybody understands the the pay gap and everybody understands players aren't making what they deserve, what they should be making. We all understand that. But for players who came even before me, right, the the Ann Myers, the Nancy Mm Lee, Lynette Woodard, um, Carol Blaisdowski, like for all of those players that came before me who opened up doors, right, for us to walk through. So now I take that and we all take that, those of us who started the league, and say, okay, what can we do? What should we do to make it better for players coming after us? Because Mm -hmm. we want to leave things better than we found it. Yeah, There's a sense of pride there, right? So then when you hear and see these younger players today talking about, I ain't going to the league, like, be careful what you say, because that's the ultimate dream. It is is to play professional basketball here in the States
1: mm-hmm.
0: because players have been doing it overseas for many, 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 many years. Right. So to have an opportunity to play in the W here in the States in front of your friends and family, like we, we wanted that we live for that. So that's the part that really like, it hits me to my core when I hear and see people dissing the WNBA and the the lack of, of what we don't have mm-hmm. because just like the NBA, the NBA didn't get to where it is today in 20
1: years, right? 25 years. It took time. Nope. It took time. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I just had to say that because that was, that was a topic of conversation, especially just coming off of the Final Four. And I feel like we're still talking about the Final Four, which is amazing because yeah. it, it, it is propelling us towards the WNBA season. But draft night was a reminder that the W is the dream. But just talking about NIL real quick, what NIL deals do you think you would have had at Texas Tech?
0: Well, seeing how my pregame meal was a Snickers and Dr. Pepper, I would hope a Snickers and Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Sure, what? Oh, yeah. Listen, I can tell all my secrets now. I wouldn't tell my secrets when I was playing. That was my pregame meal. I needed my sugar. I needed my chocolate. I didn't want chicken breast and pasta. Mm -mm. I was like, no, I'm good.
1: I'm good. I don't need that. I don't need that. I can see it now. Dr. Pepper, I'm Cheryl. You can play like Cheryl Sloops if you drink a (laughs) Dr. Pepper before the game. Oh,
0: So I I can't even, I can't, besides that, Jordan, I can't even... (laughs) Like, that just never really entered my mind, you know? When I look at all the different opportunities and endorsements that these players have today, it's like, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Just to think about. Yeah, and and rightfully so. Everything from, I don't even know, from fast food restaurants. I saw someone the other day at Texas Tech. um, She had a Cash App endorsement. So mm-hmm. it was like when I go get my nails done, I use my Cash App card. When I go eat, I use my Cash App card. I'm like, wow,
1: genius! Wow,
0: it is. <laughs> but but also, who's better to market your product and get people excited about your product or your brand than athletes?
1: Mm-hmm. And women, like I was female, say female athletes, because we, we lead the charge. Running. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We spend money. We ha- They have the followers, and I'm just so excited to see that kind of carry over into the WNBA. I feel like this class, <clears throat> this draft class, was really the start of the NIL momentum and everything. I think of someone like Haley Jones, who we talked about in the first episode, but all of the NIL deals that she has, I'm so excited to see how that carries over to her as a WNBA player and in Atlanta and how that can just continue to grow. I'm betting her, her crochet braids. That's going to be an NIL deal or, or a pro deal because we're past NIL, but yeah. Listen, yeah. I just, opportunities are endless. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God.
0: There's so many
1: opportunities.
0: And, <laughs> and as as females, as women, as athletes, like, Everything from from lashes to when I look at like all the black girls, the black women playing ball, like their edges are laid. Like I'm like, well, what gel are you using? Because I need it.
1: I need to know. I need that in you my life. A whole game and the the edges are still. How about that? Still laid. How about that? Now that's yes, an advertisement. Before I've seen one, but I think that's gonna be a theme <laughs> that we're gonna have throughout the whole season. We have some other things to get to, but first, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Dallas and Minnesota. All right, welcome back to Queens of the Court. In episode one, we spent a lot of time talking about. how Atlanta and Indiana fared in this year's WNBA draft. Cheryl gave us the stank face thinking about the tall lineup for Indiana, which I haven't stopped thinking about. I hope Indiana coaching staff has listened to that first episode. But if not, you can too. Go back and listen to that um, in case you missed that conversation. But we didn't talk too much about Dallas and Minnesota, which is two teams that really had a lot of activity in the draft. Um, let's start with Minnesota. How how do you think Minnesota did in the draft, Cheryl? I'll just start with the softball question.
0: Um. So how do I think they did in the draft? I think they did phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. we talked, in episode one, we talked about, I think we both felt like Atlanta won the draft, right? Right. But when I went back and looked, Minnesota's not too far behind. Okay. Okay. And and here's why I say this, and and I'm only, I'm only speaking on the players that I, watch play. Mm-hmm. So Bree Bill, regardless of when she got drafted, Brie Bill will make that Minnesota Lynx team, and Bree Bill will make that Minnesota Lynx team a much better squad especially defensively and Mm. and to me Brie Beal I thought this year she actually became more of a scorer but that wasn't really what her focus was when she came into South Carolina Brie was a defender like that's what she was known as and I think Mm. over the years Obviously she became a better defender, but she also became better offensively. And I think playing under Cheryl Reeve, being a defensive minded coach, Bree Beal will absolutely fit right in with that squad. Um, Diamond Miller. Yeah. Diamond is, yeah, yeah. Diamond is like, she's an athlete. Yes. Long, active, runs the floor very well, can defend, can score, can score. I don't know if I really, when in episode one when we talked about Atlanta, right? And no doubt, I still think Atlanta won the draft. Mm-hmm. But when I look at Minnesota and Bree Beal and Diamond Miller and even Dorka Dorka mm-hmm. US, they're not too far behind. I don't know that much about Maya Hirsch. Yep, she was I, the number really twelve pick from, her game. from France. Yeah, yeah. But I'm only talking about the draftees, right? And then when you throw in who they currently have on the roster, Minnesota's going to make some noise.
1: They are. And, and I talked to Cheryl Reeve briefly a, in Dallas for the Final Four and just asking, you know, how do you feel about this upcoming season? This was a couple days before before the draft, but she said we are, we're in a new era of Minnesota yeah. Lynx basketball. When you think about Minnesota Lynx, you think about – the dynasty you think about those incredible players that they had and with Sylvia Fowles retiring last season it's a new era and she said we are trying to build around Nafisa Collier she is our player she is our franchise player so when you think about the roster when you think about these draft picks how do they fit around Nafisa I think pretty well I I think if that was their goal to say Nafisa is going to be in the post. She's going to be able to pop out. Who's going to be able to do a high-low with her? Dorka Yuhas could do that. They could des- do sure. some high-low action. And Diamond Miller, like you said, athlete. That's what I wrote down. Their athleticism sparked with these draft picks. Just being able to run the floor and run with other teams.
0: Well, and, and let's also look at the, the the schools that they come from, Right. Don Staley is a competitor. Mm-hmm. Don Don is going to to make sure her players are right and her players are ready for the next level, right? Diamond Miller playing at Maryland. Brenda Freeze is, I, I think, my opinion is a really good coach mm-hmm. who will do that same thing, make sure Diamond's prepared for that next level. And obviously, uh, Dorca UConn, UConn, they they they're known to have players in the league, right? Gino gets yeah. his players ready. So, Natalie Achanwa being out, right? Mm -hmm. Being pregnant, being out. Here's the thing I want to add, because I was there. Nafisa Collier coming back after having a baby. I've seen her. I think I saw her at the final four. So I've seen her around. She looks amazing. Yes. she Like, her body looks phenomenal. Wouldn't even know she had a baby. But there's still there's still something that from, from a mental standpoint, right. When you have Mm -hmm. a baby and you come back just mentally, you still have to wrap your, your mind around. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a new mom. Mm -hmm. Where's my baby? How's my baby? Like those are just things you think about. But I do think Nafisa will absolutely come back. She'll be ready. Um, So when I look at the players they drafted and the other players around them, Tiffany Mitchell, Going to hey, now. Minnesota, Kayla McBride, right? They still have Kayla, Ariel Powers. I'm an what? Ariel Powers fan. Me too. I, I want her to hopefully to stay healthy an entire season because Ariel Powers is, she's an athlete. She's a scorer. Ariel is a baller. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think she's been able to be healthy an entire season to really show what she's capable of doing. Yeah. So those are the players for me when I think about Minnesota and building around the Fisa Collier. Now I did not mention a point guard because I'm not really sure who that point guard is.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they, you know, Rachel Bannum she she is one of their veteran players, which is you know kind of wild. They have Lindsay Allen. Um, I think that's going to be a spot that Cheryl Reeve is going to look at. Because if you think about, I believe that was last year, you know, she had a plethora of point guards. And yeah. if it wasn't working out, she is going to uh switch up the rotation. Cheryl Reeve is not afraid to do that. I agree, and, I agree yeah. with you. Because I think what they
0: need, when I look at the roster from almost every other position, the two, three, four, and five, they have scoring at every position. Mm-hmm. So to me, they need a point guard who is a facilitator, can get right. the ball where it needs to get to, but can also score if left wide open and things like that. So mm-hmm. Kiana Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Stanford? Yeah. she went to Stanford? Yep. I don't know. Is she, is she a true point guard? Could she run the team? Mm-hmm. Because I, I look at Rachel Bannum, I think Rachel Bannum is more of a two than a one. Yeah, she's
1: more of a shooter. So I don't yeah. know. It's going to be interesting. It is going to be. I mean, we've said it. We said it last episode. And just looking at all these names <laughs> on the roster again, we are uh, a week away from training camp. And that is going to be a spot that, you know, I, and I was blanking on her name. Crystal Dangerfield was running yes. this team. Yes. Yes. last year and thought it was a per I thought from the outside it was a perfect fit but their season started off a little rocky and show Reeve was like okay we are switching some things up I think that point guard position is going to be huge you have all this athleticism you have a lot of scoring a lot of shooting who's the best PG to kind of get all them open I think you're right on that being a a a, a spot that is going to be really sought after in training camp. I <laughs> forgot about crystal danger also. I know. But the thing
0: about Cheryl Reeve is she's, she's not afraid of change, right? Not like, at all. Not afraid to shake some, you know, what up and say, if it ain't working, let's do something different. Here's mm-hmm. a crazy thought, a crazy thought that I just had come across my mind. Okay. Let's, let's convert Brie Beal to a point guard. Oh okay that didn't happen the first year, I'm just saying. Like over time, make a big body point guard that can handle the rock, can set up the offense, can defend. Okay. Yeah. All right, I can see it. You know, I, can see the every episode, I got I gotta just put something different out there, like Indiana Fever's big three or their big lineup. Now Bree Beal's gonna be the big PG at Minnesota. Not this year, but
1: Overtime, if that is... I like that. I like this. I like all of your ideas. That's a that's a good one. I, I think we're going to be looking out for Minnesota because I, I agree with you. I think they did great in the draft. Um, Dallas, though, moving on to the other team that I wanted to talk about. I don't know... I don't know how they did. I'm a, am a little I'm a little on the fence. I'm I'm not too sure. Um last season, you know, they were 18 and 18. They were 500 the first time finishing 500 in 8 years. Last time they were 500, they were the total shock. So, they were on the up and up, but the athletic, I read an article, they gave every team a grade. They gave Dallas a D plus. Oh, that's <gasps> fe- that's silly. Oh, the plus just school. seems rude. <laughs> you gave a D. The plus okay. seems rude. A plus doesn't go with a D. It, it just doesn't. doesn't. But I'll tell you why. And their reason was because mm. of the trade for Stephanie Suarez. So I- I agree with that. To kind of go through their first round, they had Maddie Segris at third. They traded for Stephanie Suarez from the Mystics at fourth. And then they have Lou Lopez from UConn at fifth. Um, Abby Myers, Ashley Jones, Paige Robinson later in the rounds. But they gave up a 2025 first rounder, which as a reminder, that draft could have Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, Olivia Miles, A.Z. Fudd, I don't know. Makes no sense. <gasps> it's what you're
0: saying. <laughs> I, listen, doesn't make a lot of sense. Jordan, I sat down, even when they, after the draft, and even this morning, I was like, well, let me see if I can, if I can figure some stuff out. And, and the math still ain't math to
1: me. It's not math in Cheryl. Right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. So when you, when you talk about them trading for Stephanie Suarez, like I watched her play at Iowa state before she got hurt. I think she will be a great pro. Yeah. A great pro. But I don't think Dallas needed her. Right. Right now. Kalani Brown. Kalani mm-hmm. Brown has been balling overseas. I, th- I think she finally is ready. Right, mm-hmm. like I think she's like I belong in this league. Yeah, let me
1: go take
0: care of my business, come back and show people what I can do. Mm-hmm. I think Kalani Brown fits with Dallas, but then when I go down that list, I'm just going to go down the list. Charlie Collier, are listen, Dallas, are you going to play her? Or are you not going to play her? Right. I know, I know they have new coaches. I know all of that. If you're not going to play her, let her go somewhere. Where she will be used because Charlie needs to be playing in the league.
1: Yeah, right? former number one pick. Yes.
0: <laughs> but they have some you got Kalani Brown, Charlie Collier, Tierra McCowan. Mm-hmm. Tierra is a beast. You just got Natasha Howard. Yep. Right? Natasha's more of a four. four I think. Yeah. I don't think she's a three. She's a four. You got mm-hmm. Satu, Sabali. Mm-hmm. Like, help me understand why do you need Stephanie Suarez and it's not to take anything away from her because I think Stephanie will be a hell of a player
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm confused
1: I'm confused me too that's the thing it's like the urgency of it I I'm not I'm not understanding why that needed to happen now when you have the roster as you have it Um, especially when we're all looking towards the future of these future (laughs) drafts where they are star studded and you don't know when players are going to come out and they still have their COVID year and all that, but that's a big draft to have a first round pick in. And now you've just coughed that up. Like that is no longer a vision for you, which is, well, maybe, you know, what? maybe, maybe they're all
0: about now. Right. But even, but even now. I don't I don't think Stephanie's what you needed. Mm-hmm. When I look at their roster, I'm trying to figure out who, yes, Crystal Dangerfield's now at Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm like, who's your point guard?
1: Yeah, they have Veronica Burton playing a little bit of the point guard. And and we talked about it too. We were sitting there <laughs> during the draft as yeah. all this was happening, trying to figure out this wings roster. And we were sitting next to NECA and we were like, is Arike your one? Like you just want the ball in her no. hands at all times? No. no. And I'm I'm gonna put that out
0: there. No, Enrique is not your one. No. Arike she needs to be coming off team. the screens. Yeah, yes.
1: She needs to be spotting up. Um and then you, so, then they have diamond to shields on the other wing. wing. On the other
0: I, wing. I don't I don't know who their point guard is.
1: Huh. They maybe, got some maybe. shooters,
0: though. Well, maybe it is Crystal Dangerfield. Maybe she's their point guard with Veronica Burton coming off the bench. I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. why I'm doing this podcast and not coaching, I guess, because I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it. You know, you mentioned it. It's a new coach in LT. It, is it a new identity? I, I think Dallas is just so, such a head scratcher to me because like it I is. said, no, they, are, they are, they're on the up. You, you have one of your best seasons In eight years, you go to the playoffs, then you fire the coach and you bring in a new coach, hoping that that momentum continues. What is the identity of this team? Is it, you know, LT is typically defensive-minded, but then you got a lot of shooters and a lot of scorers, so are you going to shoot the lights out? I'm very curious to see how their identity kind of evolves over – Training camp and over those first couple weeks of the season, um, because right now I'm I'm scratching my head. Uh, the D plus, yeah, what I know, the D plus, <sighs> right, right, C plus at first, but it, it's accurate. Athletic, you have hold.
0: you have eighteen players on your roster right now. Mm. Um, ah, that's all I could say. <laughs> I don't know how. I I, I don't know how you have so many bigs on your squad. Like, yeah, are you keeping all of them? But then you have, Arike, Diamond, and I I watched Veronica Burton play in AU, Mm -hmm. and I love that kid's game. Mm -hmm. She's she's tough, no, she defends, she gets after you, and she can score the basketball. Yes, so she's a player for me that. I'm keeping on my squad, Mm -hmm. right? But then when I keep going down the roster, the one, Ashley Jones, who's a shooter, a scorer from Iowa State, right? Lou Lopez. Shooter. You got to keep her. Maddie Segrist. She's a a shooter. Like, I, I, I don't know. That's what I mean, I that's
1: a. I, I, if you kept all of them, that's a really solid second unit. Like, if all of them are coming off the bench, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. But we've also talked about the AU sports boost of confidence, and I think Veronica Burton is gonna be a completely different player than last year. And I think she surprised people last year. She came out yep. of Northwestern. She got drafted very high. And a lot of people were like, wait, Northwestern, who is this player? She was locking people up. She was shooting the open three. And and I think she wasn't really comfortable in that point guard position, but she was kind of pushed into that because she was doing so well everywhere else on the court. Um, But I I want her now to really be like, this is the player I am. I am a three and D player or I am, you know, coming off the bench. I'm like, she was kind of everywhere last year. Coming off of AU Sports, I think she has that boost yeah. of confidence. She should be on this team, definitely.
0: But I think that when you talk about last year, you know, it's a matter of trying to figure out wh- where do I fit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's my role? So mm-hmm. because you don't know that, you're you're trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. But from what I saw for five weeks straight, Veronica Burton belongs in the league. And yeah. if it's not with Dallas – I hope some team picks her up because not not only is she a good defender, she's tough nose, can score the basketball, she's a good teammate, right? Mm. Like she brings positive energy on the bench and and to me, that stuff that don't get talked that doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. is what type of a teammate are you? Yeah. and when you're when you're playing in the W on a roster of eleven players and not everybody's gonna play, You got to have good teammates on the bench and in the locker room. And Veronica Mm -hmm. Burton is one of those players.
1: Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. I, okay. I love this. This is another training camp that I would love to uh, have be a fly on the wall. And see how this is all going to shake out. Um, Again, training camps start in a week. Um, A lot of these players are are coming back from overseas. I'm hoping, just one last note. Satu Sabli. I want to see her on the floor. I want to see her healthy. Yeah. I want to see yeah. her be able to contribute all season long because I think this is a different team when she's on the floor and when she's off. Um, so I'm hoping sending good vibes for her health this season too. Yeah, let's put that out there because she's let's another of those the players.
0: It's really, she's really, so really, good. really, good. Yeah,
1: she's so good. Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break and then we have a tweet that we want to talk of talk about before we wrap up. Okay, we're back (laughs) with the gavel. I need to find the right time to... I know, it's so good Court is in session. Court is in session. Um, We're always going to have a different final segment uh, in the show. But today it's the news of the week and the tweet of the week. Um, I want to give a shout out to at Can 4 Because she said, people mad about ION didn't watch the WNBA in the beginning when they were on Oxygen. You didn't live through a time when most of the games weren't even on TV. And Cheryl responded and said, and Lifetime. So if you haven't heard, the WNBA signed a major TV deal with ION and... I think this is wonderful for the league. And there were tweets about, you know, watch your little NCIS and then a little Liberty versus Aces game. Like this is going to be in every single household, but Cheryl, you remember the days when lifetime what I'm curious what the programming was before the games on lifetime.
0: (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Like, I don't even, I don't even know what it was, but here's my thing. The fact that we have someone else saying we want to cover the WNBA. Yeah. Like that's great for the league. And to your point, I know we're laughing about it. I'm a criminal minds type of girl. Give me my criminal minds and then hoops right after. I'm not getting off of my couch. That's a
1: perfect day. It's
0: like, it (laughs) it doesn't get any better than that. But But I will say this. I do remember back in the day we were on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And n- none of us cared what right. we cared about was visibility, right? We're somewhere we, we were, let's see, ESPN, ESPN2, NBC, not many games on NBC, mm-hmm. uh, and lifetime, Lifetime and oxygen. And right. so we were like, yes, where else can we be? So when when I saw that tweet, I was just like, oh, this is huge for the league. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the league. Um thank you to Ion Television and um this going
1: to be a good this is going to be a good season. It's going to be a good I'll be season. Tuned in. I will be too. And and that's I think that's just it. We are as WNBA fans and as WNBA ambassadors, we want to get as many eyeballs on these games as possible. Signing a major network deal does that. And Ion was the uh, uh this is on Variety. They were the 11th ranked top network. They beat out TLC, TNT, TBS. So this is huge. And and I think any movement forward that we can have with media deals and more visibility is in the right direction. So this was great news. Great news for all of us, for fans. I'll be tuning in. Maybe I turn into a Criminal Minds fan or whatever comes on after the games. I love it. Do you not watch Criminal Minds? I don't watch Criminal Minds. I'm not even a Law & Order SUV person. Sometimes I watch it, but I don't. Does but that make Shamar me weird? I know. It's Shamar Moore. I know. <laughs> is it Shamar Moore as a detective? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Or, and not a detective. He's a, uh, I don't
0: know what his title is on there. But <laughs> you, you know know gotta I watch it now. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> But now you can watch. Okay, I'll I,
1: watch. I on television is good TV. Okay, great. Well, I'm hooked because I'll be watching my WNBA games there. And um, oh. Shamar Moore, I'll be I'll be watching you, Criminal Minds. Okay. Well, this is this is okay. great. Great to talk to you. Um, court adjourned with the with the gavel. You're <laughs> have to hold it. I'm probably
0: not I holding it up it. It's
1: That's fine That's good <laughs> Okay well thanks for listening um, All season long Queens of the Court Will be the podcast home For the WNBA From post game
0: analysis To interviews with
1: coaches and athletes we will keep you up to
0: date on the biggest news across the
1: W. So make sure you hit subscribe right now. Please follow, rate, and review the show available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if there's
0: anything you wanna hear us discuss, let us know on social media. You can find me at swoops 22 and Jordan is at underscore Jordan
1: Liggins. Queens of the Court is an Odyssey original created in partnership with the WNBA. The show is produced by Alex Ozzie. The executive producer
0: is Lena Moss-Glazer. Social media assistance from Isabella Apple. Imaging from T-Storm Battle.